What's good, Illini Nation? It's your man in the middle, Deion Thomas. And hey, bringing you something new to the podcast today. We're doing kind of a post-game breakdown. To be able to talk about a lot that took place in the game last night. And hopefully we'll be able to get this thing moving forward live right after the game. So stay tuned for that. But on here tonight, I got my man Rob Dowser from Field of 68. We're going to talk some Illini basketball after the big win versus Indiana last night in the State Farm Center. So welcome aboard. Take the ride. What's going on, Rob? Dion, how you doing, man? I was waiting for the uh, the feed to be able to tell you this, but I was listening to uh, a Michael Jackson's Greatest Hits album the other day, and I was listening to the song Man in the Mirror. And ever since I heard that song, right, for the first time in like five years, now when you say Man in the Middle, all I think about is I'm talking about the man in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love that thing, you know. But most, but most things, we I, I don't mind being uh, put up there with the king. I mean, you know, there's some other stuff that I might. Yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. That, no, that song, though. That song, though. That's a good song. Oh, that song is fire. You know yep. that. <laughs> that's the greatest fire. So yeah, man. Did you have an opportunity to watch the game last night? I I did. I did. And I'll, I'll tell you what. It's it's always fun for me to watch Io. Because it feels like there's a moment in every game where he's like, all right, I'm done playing around here. I'm just going to go take this thing over and we're going to win. And he did that what, about halfway through the second half yesterday. I think he hit four threes in the span of about eight minutes. Uh, what was it, 18 points in, in 12 minutes or something like that? It just, when he went into takeover mode, Indiana just didn't have a chance. Well, you, you know what happened? That was during that time, during one of the timeouts uh, before he was walking out on the court. And this isn't verbatim, but Brad, you know, kind of touching him, like, okay, bro. <laughs> it's about that time. It's time for you to be you, uh, and and you're right, and that's exactly what he done, what he did last night, and what he has done in the past. And watching this young man grow from the time when he came into a freshman to where he is now, man, has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's just been crazy. You look at him physically. You look at him from on the court and the things that he's able to do. And he had a great uh, quote in our press in their press conference last night, but he was like, you know, I was coming off the pick and rolls and in the pick and rolls, I was watching how Trace um, Jackson Davis was playing me. And he was like, so I would, you know, the first few times I make this play and I just throw the ball to the corner. And so after that, he was like, now I'm just going to start attacking since he's now he's expecting me to throw the ball in the corner. So to see this young man's growth and to play the game within the game is huge. That's what great players do. And that's what they begin to understand. Yeah. It's the thinking part of it, right? It's understanding where if I do something early in the game to set up a reaction from, from Indiana, that's going to make them want to do this, that'll open this up for me later in the game. And, and um, that's when you're taking it, to another level, right? It's like one thing to be able to do some of the things that IO does, but it's another thing when you are able to set that stuff up for later in the game. It's like, it's like chess pieces, man. It's like playing poker. You're, you're setting up your opponent to believe something to be able to make things easier for you moving forward. Like that's, that's, that's a different level of playing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And that's what great players can do. Mm -hmm. You know, you have most guys that are out there and they're just playing, they're going through the motions they're doing, they're following the scouting reports. But when you can drill down and focus and set up plays and set traps, you know, now you're thinking the game and you have another or total level, totally different level of what guys are on. And that's where he is. You know, I heard Dockage um, in the previous game that he was on when they played uh, Penn State. 
And Dockage was like, this guy's the best guard in the country. He's not far off, man. I mean, if he's not the best, he's definitely one or two. I mean, because where this young man's game is right now and the things he's doing is 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 just crazy. And not just on one end of the floor, he's doing it on both ends of the floor. Yep. Yep. And it's the it's the shot making now too, right? Like that's always been the question mark with him. Is he gonna be a good enough shooter to make defenses respect him? Is he gonna be able to force uh, defenders to go over that ball screen instead of going under the ball screen. He's going to force players to close out long on him. Is he going to have the gravity to be able to create the space for someone like Kofi or someone like Georgie inside? And, you know, he hit four threes in a row yesterday in the second half. That, that'll, that'll make teams think, you know, whether, whatever his percentages are, the fact that you have that on film where IO hit four threes in a row and it changed a game where it looked like Illinois might end up losing at home to Indiana Teams know that now. That's all tape. They've seen it. Everybody watched that game. So it's it's having that in the back of their mind. Just it, it changes everything, that threat of the jumper. No, it definitely does. And you're right. That was one of the knocks on him when he was, you know, when thought about going to the NBA. Can he shoot it? Can he shoot it? I mean, this kid's shooting the ball at about 44, almost 45% clip from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the progression of when his feet are set. And now and I thought he was a pretty good shooter last year when his feet were set. Now he's to that stage where he can make difficult shots. You know, they're not the easy ones where you're just a, you know, you'll practice, like you flip it to yourself and you step in and you shooting threes. Those were what he was making. Now he's coming off of screens and he's making them. As you mentioned, guys are going under, he's stopping and he's popping. So it's the variety of three point shooting that has stepped up for him and the percentage, of course, because now he's knocking him down, like I said, at about a 44, 45% clip. I don't know if that's going to last a whole year, but damn, is it good to watch right now when you're covering Illinois. And honestly, it doesn't, he doesn't have to shoot it at that clip, right? And it's probably going to end up coming down. Like it's very hard to shoot 45% from three with the number of threes that IO takes and the difficulty level of the threes that he takes. But being enough of a, like I said, it's all about the threat, right? It's it's not necessarily whether you make the shot when it comes to being a shooter. The, it's the gravity that is created, the space that you create, because teams have to respect your ability to make that shot. So um, I, I think, you know, it, they have to respect it this year. Maybe they didn't as much in, in seasons past, but they have to respect it this year. Let me, uh, let me ask you this, because I know he's your guy. Adam Miller, what's going on there? He, he's been in a little bit of a slump. Um, is this just, you know, a freshman where we're, teams kind of figured out what he was able to do and now he's got to be able to find that that adjustment and, and get it right is it just you know sometimes shooters miss shots like what's going on there well I, I think it's a little more than shooters missing shots right now if you watch Adam Miller play he's pressing mm-hmm. he wants to do and he wants to live up to the name of what everybody has put out there for him and they know his ability and what they're expecting him to do when you're a freshman and you walk out on the court and you break the freshman scoring record in your very first game, when he dropped that 28, you get in the mindset that, hey, this is college basketball. Uh, no. <laughs> that, that was more, those teams that you were playing were more along than just a, a notch above the competition that you play in the Chicago Public League in the CBS. Mm-hmm. I mean, but now you've stepped up into the realm of the big boys. All of these coaches in the Big Ten know what you can do because they were all recruiting you. So they know you can shoot. They know your tendencies. They've broken your game down because you're going up against some of the best athletes and some of the best coaches in the country. So what do you have to do? And this is one of the things that I wish I was close enough to him to tell him, slow down, young man. 
let the game come to you. He's pressing so much. I mean, if you look at some of the shots he's taking right now, he was never a, you know, a TikTok guy when he's playing with it and then raise up and shoot threes. That, that was never who he was. Even when he was in high school, that's not who he was. That's what he's doing. And he's doing it trying to shake free and get away from guys to create space for him shots, for his shots. Take his game and what he's doing now and look at what Ayo does. Ayo gets to spots on the floor. And if, if Adam would listen to some of what the NBA guys are saying, oh, I know how to get to my spot. Mm-hmm. I know how to get to my, you know, and my timing and get to where I need to get to. That's the disconnection right now. And that's the disconnection that's it's normal for freshmen. I mean, it's, it's normal because you're, you've stepped up into a different lane against better players, better coaches, better athletes, bigger, stronger, all of the above. Now you have to, you know, notch up, not the physical part of it, but the mental part of it, just like we were just talking about with Io, the mental part of the game. And then you'll be able to find the holes in the defense. You'll be understand where you need to go, what you need to do in order to get to your spot. And that's the thing that he's missing right now. I'm not worried about that. I've had some questions about that from other Illini fans. And I tell them, he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. Relax. By midseason, and definitely going into the tournament, I believe he will have figured that out. Because one of the things, and this is a, a t- tip of the hat to him, this young man asks a bunch of questions. He's always questioning the coaches, trying to figure out how to get better. And when you have people like that, Rob, you know, like I know, you'll put that together pretty quickly on what it is that you need to do. So he'll get there. He just needs to slow down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he set the level of expectation all the way up here with that first game. And you got to know that when you're a freshman, like it's not going to be like that the entire year. You know, that there's a there's a famous saying in coaching circles. The best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. So um, I'm not I'm not worried about him necessarily. He's got to he's got to figure some things out um, and he's got to get going again. I, I, I don't think that Illinois can be the best team that they can be without him, you know, being like a guy that can get you 10, 12 points on any given night. Uh, but I, I don't doubt that he'll get there eventually. The other freshman I wanted to ask you about was uh, Andre Curbelo. He's he's one of my favorite players in the country to watch because every time he has the ball, it's either going to be like a mind-boggling turnover or he's going to do something incredible. It's like, I cannot believe that he just actually made that play. It's You never know what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be something that's wildly entertaining. El Mago, the magician. <laughs> the magician, El Mago. I love this kid, man. I love his energy. I love the excitement he brings to the game. You know, this kid has a lot of stuff that coaches will jump up and down in both for, you know, for two reasons. One, to be extremely excited because he has a ton of stuff that you just cannot teach. You know, his court vision, his timing, his just overall ability. And then you're going to be upset, like you said, you're going to be shaking your head like, what the heck were you thinking about when you did that? (laughs) Part of that is because this young man sees the game in four dimensions. I mean, his his vision is not like very many, especially not like very many freshmen. And then once he continues to get stronger, again, we talk about timing, learning when to speed up, when to slow down. Like I wish he would watch some Cassius Winston videos. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the way Cash has played off pick and rolls and he had the ability to slow down, pull up, go, you know, take the extra dribble move. 
those are things that once he he gets in his game, because he's a better, in my opinion, he's definitely a better athlete. He's faster. Um, he has better handle. Um, his court vision, I think, is also better. But Cassius was so smart. And he knew angles. He knew how to come off screens. He knew when to, when to shoot it, when to step back. And it's that whole, as you mentioned earlier, the mental aspect of the game that when this young man, mm-hmm. if he's able to get to that level, because I think Cassius Winston, one of the best point guards to ever play in the Big Ten, if he can get to anywhere near that level, man, El Mago, the magician, baby, is going to be sick. There was one play that really stood out to me in the second half of the game, um, and it came right after. Uh, so what happened was it was 52-49, right? And Iowa has the ball, and he kind of loses it a little bit. And Rob Finnessy, remember this, dives for a loose ball that's at um, that's at Iowa's feet that he can't get to. And Iowa all of a sudden is left with a wide open three, and he bangs it home. Uh, it's all of a sudden a, a six-point lead. Two minutes later, the score is 62-57. And it looks like Trey Jackson Davis is going to have a wide open layup at the rim. And Andre comes out of nowhere and like jumps a passing lane. I think he knocked the ball out of bounds off of Indiana and Illinois ended up getting the ball back. So instead of, instead of having a layup that would have cut the lead to three, the Illinois got the ball back and went down and scored at the other end of the floor. And at the other possession, um, Finnessy wasn't able to, to get that loose ball. So that's like a five point swing right there out of nothing. And it's those, it's that little play right there, going for that seal and, and being able to actually get it. it. It changed everything in that game when you look at what happened with Fantasy and you look what happened with Curbelo. And those are the kind of plays that a freshman like that can make. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, and, you know, and I love Rob Fantasy's game, man. I don't know what happened. He's in a slump right now, but you, you're 100% right. When you watch the extra effort plays, and Brad is all about extra efforts and, and playing everything that happens. Um, I remember that play because we talked about it on the radio during the game. He got mm-hmm. a finger on the ball. It hits the backboard, hits um, Jackson Davis, goes out of bounds. And you're right. I mean, those extra effort plays, those never say die or give up, and especially with the energy that this young man plays with, are huge. They're huge plays. And the swing from, you know, that was during that, that, that run when Io started to take over the game. So I, I don't know if it was – I understand the the hustle by fantasy, but you know you got to realize clock situations because that clock was running down. You had maybe two to three seconds left on the clock when Io got the ball. You close out on him now, you make it a more difficult shot, and he was already on fire. So that did nothing but you know throw a little bit of gasoline on it when he knocked down that three man. And you're right, it completely turned the game around um, and, and put it firmly in the hands of Illinois. Yeah, because that was right when they were making that run. Uh, I think that Indiana had been ahead for most of the game, and then Illinois had they had just taken the lead, right, for one of the first times in the second half. And then you knock down that three, and all of a sudden it's a six-point game. And you're like, well, if you're Indiana, you know, you, you've been playing as well as you possibly can, and all of a sudden you look up and you're down by six points with eight minutes left. Like, that's not a good place to be at all. Um, I did have one more question I wanted to ask you. Yep. Ne- next week we have Illinois at Northwestern. If what could end up being a battle for first place in the Big Ten? Did you see this coming with Northwestern? The battle for the supremacy in Illinois between these two teams? Well, let, let, let me backtrack you a little bit. There ain't no battle for supremacy. In the <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny. And I say that in a joking manner, but, but with a little bit of seriousness in it. Because if you, living in this state, man, you, you would, 
Northwestern has worked really hard to make this a rivalry. You know, they they put up signs on the highway saying Chicago's Big Ten team, all of this other madness. You know, come on, man. First of all, Northwestern's not in Chicago. It's in Evanston. So <laughs> as a Chicagoan, I take offense to that, and, and let alone being an alum uh, of the University of Illinois. I mean, we used to rock – Rob, when I was playing early, we'd look at the schedule and we'd go, check, that's one win, check, that's two wins. We would check Northwestern <laughs> off the map already. But no, man, had no idea that Northwestern would be this good. Um, Chris Collins is a good friend. You know, like I, they, you know, like Coach Brian on that staff is a good friend. You know, and I talked to them before the season and, and they thought the team would be pretty good. Um but they had no clue, I don't believe, that they thought it would be like this. I mean, the consistency that this team plays with, and Chris is a great coach. So, I mean, a lot of people I don't think give him uh, the credit he deserves. He's, he's at Northwestern. So Northwestern isn't skipping on any academic requirements to get in there. So you're playing, you know, it, it cuts down your recruiting. Let's just be, Let's just be honest about it. So to get those kids to come out there and play the way they're playing, to be able to go out and recruit not just the high athletic kids that they have, but the high academic kids and get them to follow your plan has been amazing what he's done this year. I mean, they're playing great on the defensive end. And the way Boo Booey and uh, the other freshman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the way those guys are playing, man, and the big kid in the middle has really turned things around because – no, had no idea. But looking at these two teams and comparing them, I, 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 this should not be uh, a game. Um, but again, Northwestern doesn't beat themselves. Mm-hmm. And Illinois has done a heck of a lot better job with fouls and turnovers this last couple of games than they had done in their previous losses. So if they can keep those two things down, it should be a 10-point game because just from a talent level, uh, Northwestern doesn't really match up. Well, I, I also think they're at a little bit of an unfair advantage, Northwestern is, because they've spent the, the entire history of their program, they've spent playing in front of arenas with no fans in it. And now no, no, there's no fans in any <laughs> arenas. So, um, yeah, I had to get that I had to get that joke in there. I, you know, I was setting that whole thing up just so I could get that one joke in there, Dion. <laughs> no, but it's a good one, though, because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> They, they already had COVID crowds. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. There you go. Oh, man. Illinois is good. All right, so let's, I guess let's wrap up with this. Um, big picture, where do you stand on Illinois right now? Do you feel as good as you felt about them in the preseason? Better, worse? Like, where, where are you on this team long-term, big picture? To be quite honest, I feel better. I feel better. And I mean, people might be surprised by that because they have played so well and their three losses have been to really good, you know, teams. All of them have been ranked. I mean, from Baylor on down, but I feel better. And the reason I feel better is we talked about it earlier. Adam Miller hasn't figured out just yet how to be a collegiate player. What happens when and you and I both know this, this kid has a, has the ability to give you 20 points a night. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about Carmelo. What happens when he really gets it? I mean, he will. He's already leading the Big Ten in assists. He will probably end up doing that and finishing the year at that. We're missing a kid, Austin Hutchison, 
Um, I don't know when he'll be back off his off of his injury. And I don't know if you know who Austin Hutchinson is. He's oh, of- I do. Wesleyan recruited me out of high school. I know all of any D3 transfer that there is heading up into the, the high major. Like, I, I know all about them. Trust me, Dion. Trust so me. They, so they so all, them. all us D, D3 players, we live vicariously through Duncan Robinson and Austin Hutcherson and Freddie Gillespie and all these guys that end up going to playing in the high major race. But it's like, yeah, see, all we needed was our chance. That's all it was. It wasn't because go. I wasn't good enough. I just never got my chance. There you go. <laughs> opportunity makes things work, baby. All yeah, you need exactly. And that's one of the things that, you know, a lot Illinois fans and others haven't had an opportunity to see. You threw Duncan Robinson out there. And that's what I said. I'm like, this kid has the almost to shoot. Now, he doesn't shoot it as great as Duncan Robinson. I mean, Duncan, Duncan Robinson is just an amazing shooter. When I covered him on BTN, I was just like, oh, my God. If you leave this kid open for an inch, he's knocking it down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I know, Austin Hutchinson is a 40 42% three-point shooter, not to mention the athleticism and the length that goes along with it. So, I mean, this kid can have a Duncan Robinson-type career, and I'm talking about NBA stuff. He could have this if he is able to adjust and make that adjustment and, and be mentally strong enough. So when he comes back, now you have him, you add Granderson, Adam Miller growing and continuing to get better. Corbello growing and continuing to get better. And we can't, you know, I can't forget about my man, Georgie B. I mean, Georgie Bajanis really brings so much from a skill standpoint to Illinois that it just opens things up even further for Io and for Kofi. And last but not least, the way uh, DeMonte Williams is shooting the basketball, if he shoots the basketball like that for the remainder of the year, it does all of the other little things he does from rebounding to, to defending to just being in the right place at the right time, which seems like all the time. This team is the final fortune. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem saying that. Yeah, You need great guards to win in March. And they got great guards. I mean, they have great guards. They have two really, really good big men. And they have the kind of like roster where if you want to go big, you play Georgie at the four alongside Kofi. You want to go small, put Georgie at the five and you could put, you know, Adam Miller at the four with, with Demonte Williams out there, Io and, and one of these two little guards. If you want to go really small, you could put Io at the three with Trent Frazier and, and Andre Corbello out there. So they can match up with anything that people are going to throw at them. And they're going to have a talent advantage anytime that they play anyone, maybe this side of Gonzaga. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely a final four team. I, how about this? The, uh, the day, that Io announced that he was coming back to school. Uh-huh. Um, I went on to, to DraftKings and they had uh, Illinois at 50 to one odds to win the national title. So uh, you're not the only person rooting for Illinois to get something done this year. That's uh, I am too. A little bit of a financial incentive there. Well, I can't do that, of course, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to root as a fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, Rob, man, I, I appreciate you hopping on here for the little post-game combo. Got to do this again. It was a lot of fun. So, Illini Nation and all that are out there, go on to Spotify, Apple Book, Apple Podcasts, and find Champagne on Ice. Hit that subscribe button and start to download. This is some great conversations we have in here. Love, peace, and hair grease from the field of 68. Love you. Thank you.